0: Welcome to our SWEET podcast. This is Continuing Education Workforce Training, or CEWT, short name SWEET. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate you being here. I'm Gary Salazar. I'm the Director of Continuing Education and Workforce Training at Idaho State University. And uh, we are part of the College of Technology. We provide non-credit educational classes to our community and workforce training for them as well. Uh, This podcast is one of SWEET's outreach efforts to share both interesting conversations and stories on entrepreneurship, on health, and other general areas of interest. So we hope you'll find something that uh, will be a benefit to you, may help enrich your life or stimulate your thinking. Our format today is conversational. Uh, we'll focus on our topic and our guests for 20 minutes. The clock already started uh, when we said welcome. So after 20 minutes, no matter where we're at in the conversation we're gonna call it at that point, we'll wrap it up, and this will help us both stay timely and, and on topic. So that's how we're gonna go, and today joining us for a conversation is Dr. Michael Allsweet. Dr. Allsweet is founding director of the Residency uh, in Emergency Medicine at Sunrise Consortium in Las Vegas, Nevada. Thank you for joining us. Uh, he is also a clinical uh, associate professor at both the University of Nevada, Reno School of Medicine, and the Turo University of, uh, University College of Osteopathic Medicine. Dr. Allsweets also serves as the chair of research committee of the American College of Osteopathic Physicians and is the president-elect of the Foundation for Osteopathic Emergency Medicine. You know, I, I read your resume, and there's a lot more there, so uh, forgive me for cutting it short a little bit. Uh, a special note for uh, for us here, uh, Dr. Allsweet is also our keynote speaker at our upcoming emergency medicine conference here at Idaho State University on 17 and 18 May. We'll be talking with Dr. Allsweet today about his experience with mass casualty, and uh, specifically any lessons learned. Uh, from the Las Vegas shooting that occurred on 1 October in 2017. So welcome, Dr. Allsweet. Welcome to Sweet Talk. It's I'm really glad to have you here. Um, you're, you're calling us uh, from uh, Nevada. Are you in Nevada right now?
1: Las Vegas, Nevada,
0: sir. Las Vegas, Nevada. Okay, well, great. Yeah, I've got a couple questions for you. Let's start with a very brief back, uh, background snapshot. If you would talk briefly about uh, your background, I'll let the audience know, because uh, you, know, you have a tremendous amount of experience in there, and I don't want to go through that, but there might be some highlights you'd like to share, something about your background leading up to this point.
1: Uh, well, uh, uh, for this purpose, I, uh, I think your audience might be interested in knowing that uh, I served as a battalion surgeon in Desert Storm, um, I also uh, was a responding physician to the F5 uh, tornado in Moore, Oklahoma, in May of 2013. I also uh, was uh, a responder to the Shanksville United Airline 93 crash on September the 11th. Uh, I've uh, got what in emergency medicine uh, vernacular is called a black cloud, so, meaning that I tend to find bad things wherever I go.
0: (laughs) Well, that's good that that you're finding them rather than somebody else, but thank you so much. And uh, thank you, sir, for your service during Desert Storm as well. Okay, I am not completely familiar with what an emergency physician does. So would you perhaps take a few minutes to tell us what is an emergency physician, particularly in reference to mass casualty situations? What's your role there?
1: So emergency medicine physicians are broadly trained in diagnostics of a variety of various conditions. With respect to trauma, we're very well trained in trauma resuscitation, which would include airway, uh, chest tube, fluid resuscitation, emergency thoracotomy, uh, those sorts of life saving procedures. Although we do surgery, I am not a surgeon So I don't go to the OR, I don't take out gallbladders or anything like that. Uh, Along the way, I've done my emergency medicine residency, and I've also completed a fellowship in critical care, which is intensive care medicine. Uh, So I'm something of a uh, a two-headed beast uh, when it comes to this sort of thing.
0: Wow, that's pretty extensive. So thank you very, very much. Uh, If I can transition us briefly here to... Uh, the main point of this and I think you may be talking about this at our conference too but for our audience here on this podcast uh, during the Las Vegas mass shooting event your hospital I think it was your hospital was pretty key in treatment of, of a lot of the gunshot wounds and, and and I recall there were a number of deaths both uh, that arrived as well and, and probably those that you your team worked with um, would you would you maybe share how, how do you Deal with such a a mass casualty, a big trauma like that when that occurs, that that had to be unexpected.
1: Uh, well, obviously it was. Um, no one had thought that this sort of thing was going to happen uh, in our town. The um, the uh, exact circumstances were that I had actually worked that day, and I was home in bed and uh, heard the phone uh, light up. Answered the call, and because I live very close. To to the uh, receiving hospital, I showed up for work. Sunrise Hospital, uh, along with Desert Springs Hospital, are the two closest hospitals to the event, and between the two of them, saw approximately 40 50% of those casualties. There were 16 hospitals total that saw casualties, but because of the proximity of our hospital to the Uh, venue of the concert we saw the majority when i got there uh, i got there approximately midnight um, after which a lot of the most severely injured victims had already been triaged the job that i did was triaging the 124 individuals that were classified as trauma yellow which would be uh, gunshots to the extremity gunshots to the abdomen but not immerse, immediately bleeding out at that moment.
0: Wow. That's uh, that's an amazing start, especially at the end of the day for you, and then having to find that ha- happen. I, could you, How long were you there then doing all that treatment after your full workday? You went back to the hospital, and then you're, you're working there through the night.
1: Yeah, so I got there about midnight and worked steadily till about 4 a.m., My memories from that particular night uh, are kind of a blur because with all of those casualties, as severely injured as they were, uh, I was just performing medicine as fast as I possibly could, moving to the next patient to the next patient. Uh, It was all something of a blur. At about 4 a.m., we realized that we had accumulated most of my emergency medicine group at the hospital and that no one was going to relieve us in the morning. and so. What happened uh, was I went home for four hours of sleep and then came back the next day. The next day was an entirely different perspective on the event because by that point, the family members of the deceased had been notified. And so that particular day was an entire day of informing relatives of their deceased relatives. The problem with that um, in uh, our event was that, Las Vegas is a city of celebration. Uh, most of the people at the concert were celebrating weddings and retirements and birthdays, etc. Girls' night out, boys' night out, all that sort of thing. The sudden uh, jolt of an unexpected death in a previously viable person is a much more difficult situation than an elderly person dying of an expected disease.
0: Yeah, so you're 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 continuing to work with people. You were also responding to the relatives who had been informed. They were coming down and talking with you. Is that right?
1: Well, they were informed uh, that their uh, family member, you know, was at the hospital, so they came, and the hospital uh, put together a team, uh, including an emergency physician, and I was one of those uh, physicians, along with a uh, uh, chaplain house and a social worker. And uh, because we had so many to inform in such a short period of time, it was something of an assembly line situation. In my case, one of the gentlemen that I informed uh, of the unexpected death of his fiancé uh, chose to punch the wall and fracture his hand and become my emergency medicine patient on that day.
0: Yeah, that, that that's that's amazing. There's there's I guess there's no telling you know how those kinds of incidents will go and which ways they'll turn. And then I hadn't even thought about all of the uh, the relatives coming in and then finding out and talking to people. Um, truly traumatic. When, um, when 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 you tell me about this, you know, I I, I kind of think about well, is this similar to what you may have experienced when you were in Desert Storm, or or not.
1: Uh, To be honest with you, uh, the Las Vegas uh, shooting uh, was by far the most uh, volume, the most activity that I had managed as an emergency physician. Uh, In Desert Storm, we would get patients, but we would have advanced warning. Uh, We knew uh, more or less what was coming. Uh, In this event, uh, and if you come to my presentation, I'm sure you'll appreciate, there was a lot of uh, difficulty understanding what was happening. The majority of the patients that we saw came by self-explication, uh, they flagged down t- taxis and cabs and uh, just regular people to bring them to the hospital. The, um, the injury pattern was not uh, a portion, meaning that my hospital and Desert Springs Hospital got the majority of the most severely injured not because of any plan that was a part of our municipal plan, but because we were close. In fact, one of the interesting vignettes is that if you were at the concert scene and you asked Siri on an iPhone about which the closest hospital was, you got Desert Springs. If you Googled closest hospital, you got mine. So the distribution of casualties in that event were entirely happenstance and completely determined by search engines, which uh, nobody had previously thought
0: of. Yeah, and, and I can't imagine anybody would. I mean, what, what a tremendous uh, lesson learned there uh, for something that was happening. Uh, the logistics for something like this, you know, if it, it, it pops on you, the planning that needs to be in place in, in advance just seems immense. What a huge number of lessons learned you know, your teams and those hospitals there must, must have received. I mean, is that the kind of information that, uh, I mean, you're going to be talking at our emergency medicine conference, but is that the kind of information that is going out to all of our emergency rooms, all of our emergency responders? Are they getting this?
1: Well, the event in Las Vegas was an anomaly. Um, it was by far the largest single shooting. It, uh, created all of those 600 victims within 12 minutes. Um, the, uh, uh, was overwhelmed, the hospitals were overwhelmed. In our case, the main advantage that we had is that Sunrise Hospital is the closest hospital to the Strip. Because of this, we get a lot of the injuries and, and um, unfortunate uh, occurrences that occur on the Strip. We do have a yearly mass casualty event called New Year's Eve, when New- Las Vegas Boulevard is shut down and somewhere in the 200 to 300,000 people uh, come out onto the street to revel uh, in New Year's Eve and some components of them uh, make uh, poorly considered choices. So The uh, disaster plan that that we enacted at the time was the same as our uh, New Year's Eve plan. The uh, lesson learned for me uh, to impart on other systems is to, like Las Vegas, use a natural event uh, at your uh, location, be that a football game or a festival of some sort, uh, to practice your disaster plan such that you have an increase in your volume and you can then use your, your disaster triage and 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 facility use skills, which are not normally used on a regular day.
0: Sure, sure. Does FEMA get involved with something like this? Do they uh, have a hand in helping uh, provide the information out or standardize responses?
1: FEMA has a number of guidance documents. Uh, The Joint Commission on Hospital Accreditation is who requires and reviews disaster drills. And I would say, uh, in my experience across uh, the country, uh, that uh, disaster drill um, emphasis is Uh, unevenly applied. Um, Some people take it seriously, uh, New York City, Chicago, et cetera. uh, Some places, not as seriously. Um, uh, We in Las Vegas, fortunately, have uh, a terrorist profile um, with Islamic fundamentalists because we're the Sin city, if you will. Um, And because of that, uh, we do have a higher uh, level of alertness and a higher level of uh, planning
0: that's uh that's ki- that's kind of uh sad to hear it- it's good th- to hear that Las Vegas you know had that level of preparation you know sad for the cause of it, but I imagine that, like you said that at different states, different regions, different requirements and needs and circumstances would have a different impact on how well they're going to prepare or not. Um, is, do you know, is there, is there any kind of a national repository or library of all these events that if somebody wanted to go look at, at those that they could? Are you aware of any such thing?
1: Well, that's actually the subject of a uh, consensus statement proposal that I've written and has been supported by a variety of organizations uh, representing emergency medicine. Uh, because of the um, uh, liability associated with hospitals responding to a supra-normal number of acuity, high acuity yeah. patients, uh, it's very difficult to get accurate information out of a single hospital. There are a number of guidance documents uh, published uh, most recently by the Institute of Medicine on how to manage those circumstances, but those guidance documents are largely aspirational, which means they end with and do the best for the most or you know, some other euphemism. What we need is actually a study group um, of individuals such as the Las Vegas physicians uh, and community leaders to combine with uh, Orlando and San Bernardino and uh, Mary Stoneman Douglas, and et cetera, because um, the amplitude and frequency of mass shooting events is increasing across our country. So we cannot just say, well, we'll hope this never happens again, because it will happen again. And although it it not necessarily will happen to every physician out there, it will happen to some physicians most definitely every year. And so uh, we need to do better at developing not only the hospital strategies, but also the medical workarounds for what to do when you run out of ventilators or IV fluid, or you don't have enough nurses, or, you don't have enough bandages. We ran out of bandages.
0: Wow, that, that, that's, that's significant. I mean, a hospital I usually think of is pretty well stocked with everything you need. But I can also see that if you have this, this huge casualty event come at you, there's probably things that you're gonna need that you don't have right now or that we're about to get restocked and they haven't been yet. Um, very, very important. Um, as we near our emergency medicine conference date, uh, Dr. Al-Sreed, I I imagine that, you know, there'll be some press outreach to us asking us a little bit about you. And, and I'm, I'm hopeful that we can help you spread this message of better preparation, more planning, more events, you know, are, would you be okay if we were all able to, you know, direct some of those folks to you uh, if they had questions? Absolutely. If, okay. And then, then I have one more. This is a very curious question. So I'm probably off base here if you'll help me out. You know, today in the, in, in the news, we read about the Ebola virus, which is seems to be burgeoning in, in Africa. You know, it seems to be getting bigger and bigger. It, it seems to go away and then it comes back. Is, is, is a reaction to a, an epidemic that might be coming further with that, is that related to a mass casualty uh, incident? Is that the same?
1: Uh, they're actually quite different animals. Um, the human uh, body and psyche is very well attuned to an acute stressful incident. So if the bear is at the door, uh, we have a lot of epinephrine, uh, we have a lot of uh, fight-flight responses, our our sense of self-preservation is very strong, uh, and we either fight the bear and the bear either wins or we win and and we live on, right? So we're very good at managing acute stressful incidents. An epidemic such as Ebola or the flu, uh, or a biological weapon event uh, would create a whole different set of stresses on the human psyche because you can't see where the enemy is. You don't know who has the flu and who does not. Uh, you don't know uh, when you will get sick and when you will not. All you know is that people are dying and they're dying in ever-increasing numbers. And that level of constant fear over time is very destructive to the human psyche. Uh, it is would be a difficult thing uh, for us to be able to to live through as a modern society. Our great grandparents, who lived through polio, who lived through scarlet fever epidemics, are much better prepared for epidemics and living through epidemics than modern uh, Americans are today. That's uh,
0: that's uh, that's scary to hear. Uh, you know, in the are you right here now is measles. Oh. What you hear going off is our timer, Dr. Allsweet. So we're gonna we're gonna stay true to what we said and keep this to 20 minutes. I had a couple other questions, but I'll bring this to a close, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you uh, when you come up here in May. So thank you again. Let me go ahead and say a couple comments. That our time is up. Um, thank you for talking with us today from Las Vegas. I appreciate you making that, taking the opportunity and making yourself available. We do hope that our audience here has gained some new insights into into a mass casualty and emergency medicine. Uh, again, uh, for everybody out there, uh, Dr. Allsweet will be our keynote speaker at the Emergency Medicine Conference on uh, May 17th and 18th. We look forward to that. He'll be uh, headlining a, a, a large group of very uh, sterling speakers and topics. So that's gonna be a great event. We hope you can join us. Uh, you can find us at, um, online at cetrain.isu.edu. Um, Dr. Alsweet's, uh presentation, uh, which will be out there uh, in May, plus this, we hope to uh, get that online. By the way, his topic will be Mass Casualty, Heroes and Heroines Lessons from Las Vegas, and he's going to highlight that when he comes here. Uh, if you want copies of this blog, you know, please join us online at the uh, CE train address and, and look us up. Subscribe to the blog and you'll have an opportunity to see a lot of these types of videos and lessons learned. Um, Dr. Allsweet, thank you again. Thanks to all thank of you out there for listening to Sweet Talk.